Welcome to the Living Stones podcast. These are a recording of our Sunday morning meetings. We pray that these will be a blessing to you. So please, enjoy listening. If you want to know more, please contact us at office at livingstoneschurch.co.uk. Uh, good morning and welcome Living Stones. Uh, welcome to some visitors this morning. I'm Justin. Uh, I'm leading us through our cafe church this morning. Uh, um, I am broadly responsible for the youth work in the church. At least that's what I'm employed to do. So we are looking for our cafe church through the eyes of our young people, of which we've only have a, f- a few. So that'll be fun. Uh, let's pray. Chloe, can you turn me down a little bit? Father, I want to thank you that we are free to come and meet and worship you in public in our country. I want to thank you that through the ages you have enabled and enlightened all of us to know that we can come directly to you with our prayers and worship and learn and understand the Bible together. I pray that this morning in Cafe Church, that heart of learning together and from each other really comes forth. Speak to us this morning, the words that we all need to hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to hand straight over to Ellie, who's going to lead us through our worship this morning. And I think Jessie's singing as well. So, over to the ladies. Worship this morning. Um, we are. Uh, it, I just kind of chose songs which are um, literally just about the fact that the only reason we all gather here together is because of our God. Um, and and yes, there are so many different ways we can worship our God. But this morning, uh, I just felt like let's just focus on the fact that the only reason we're here is because of him and because of what he's done for us. Um, if, if, if that weren't the case, um, I don't know. We'd all be living our separate lives. I don't know if we'd even be friends. We wouldn't know each other. We wouldn't be family together. And um, so what a privilege it is um, that we are here this morning for him. So let's stand. Um, the first song we're going to sing is Come People of the Risen King who delight to bring him praise. Come all and tune your hearts to sing to the morning star of grace. From the shifting shadows of the earth, we will lift our eyes to him where steady arms of mercy reach to gather children in. Let's stand. In this still prayerful moment. Let's look at the verses of this song this way. I bow down and confess that you are Lord in my life. I bow down and confess that you are Lord in my heart. You are all that I need. It's your face that I seek. In the presence of your light, I bow down. Father, my prayer for my church family, for myself, for my family, is that those words can be true in our lives every day. You're the Lord in the situation that I find myself at any given time, good or bad. The struggles that we all face, the struggles that we like to keep in that dark place, that in the presence of your light makes us bow down and say, God, Help me. This is the reality of your salvation, Lord. That in our daily lives, we have the creator of the universe in our places with us at all times. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Ellie and Jess. Jess, I'm going to invite you back up. Justin, we... Chloe. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you, Chloe. Um, we just wanted to spend a little bit of time today reflecting on church camp. I know there are people here that did come, people that visited, um, people that weren't able to come or chose not to come. But it was a really great time. 
I think. <laughs> um, and I have heard lots of people say the same thing, that people have really enjoyed church camp. It really was a real time of refreshment um, and blessing. And um, we had an awesome speaker, um, Emma McPhail, for those of you that don't know, who uh, really brought a message of, who can, who can remember our message? Refresh, <laughs> refreshment and all the R's. All right, so we've just got some photos to look back on and then it would be really great if we could share some of our, um, what we've taken away from camp, what we enjoyed, um, our time with God, how it blessed you, how you blessed others, any, any sort of thoughts really that you'd like to share um, would be really great. Um, so I thought if we look through the photos first, Chloe. There's just yeah, various different things going on, lots of lunches, cooking, working together, football games, puzzles, <laughs> lots of yeah, tournaments, hanging about together, arts and crafts, more puzzles, more puzzles. Um, yeah, Sandy did a great job with her. Is Sandy here today? No. Um. <laughs> And it was just a real great time of like everyone together, all ages, all, all of us, all sort of having chance to speak to people that perhaps we don't always expect to speak to on a, on a Sunday or in the week. Um, more games. <laughs> of course, Shannon's baptism. Speeding through. Lots of fun in the pool. <laughs> Uh, of course, our campfire to finish off our Sunday. <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> a bit like what I just said, really. I just really enjoyed everyone together and also having chance to speak to people you don't always get to speak to. Um, I loved Emma's teaching. I took a lot away from that. Um, I think there were some real personal messages for me, but I, I think that lots of people took lots of messages away from what Emma said. Um, and also, it, it was really apt timing. The, the, um, the message that she had about re refreshment and renewal and all the errors, um, there was time to, to like think about that and ponder that at church camp and take some time there to sort of take time out. Mm. Um, in a good setting. So yeah, I thought it was good fun as well. It was really good fun. But I'd also love to hear what other people think. I just I was thinking about it over the weekend as well. And one of the things that I loved about it was in previous years we've we've expanded quite wide to have friends of friends and mm. church family. This year it was pretty much just our church family plus a, a couple of relatives of church family. <laughs> um so there was sort of there's around about 45 50 of us maybe. Yeah. And previously it had been sort of quite a lot higher. But I got to speak to so many more people. I spent time, none of the people I wanted, I spoke to here are here today. <laughs> but Sandy, I got to spend some time with her. She taught Liv some um, sewing. Um, uh, David told me all about his tent wild camping adventures. I spoke, had a good chat with Chris. Um, Claire's walk was epic. It was yep. a, such a lovely walk. We spent, we did five miles through all the woodland surrounding Dalesdown, and it was yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Um, it was just such a nice, the lovely thing to do. The deer were amazing. The deer, yeah. We s and, of course, I didn't see my children for the entire weekend, which was... <laughs> I mean, I missed them, but, you know, I didn't miss them. They were either in a pool or on a swing. They were fine. Um, so I really loved it. But I wanted, yeah, Jess and I wanted to ask if anybody else wanted to share any reflections. Uh, I think I know one person who might <laughs> want to, to chat. I enjoyed getting, like, baptised with Kaz and Sue baptising me. Very well, Shannon. Anybody else? Oh, Jessica. I enjoyed eating many scones at the cream tea. <laughs> Sue's cream tea has now become a staple of church camp. If you, it's it is uh, it's always very well received. Anybody else? Oh, uh, Warren. I, w I was thinking much the same as Jess about personal message, and uh, I've really struck me. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Okay. So, how elusive it can be for me personally to get that rest in Jesus when I'm just in it, trying to see so elusive sometimes. 
what makes me really happy is actually seeing other people enjoying themselves and being happy. And the camp, from beginning to end, people were enjoying themselves and being happy. That made me so happy. So I just sat there and enjoyed the happiness. <laughs> I, I spent a couple of hours with the uh, younger teens, Tay and Sam and um, Olivia, and I was just so, it was just such a nice time. I mean, here I am in my 70s, and these guys were, were willing to chat with me, and I learned a lot from them. They were really, uh, we, we were talking about um, how we understand the world and, and, and how we understand history and, and how it all relates to our lives today. And uh, their, their insight and their perception was brilliant, and I really enjoyed it. So thank you, guys. I know it's only Olivia here at the moment, but uh, thank you, guys. I, that was really great. Yes, I, I, Dalestown, I love Dalestown um, as a place because also for us it's a family, there's a family connection which goes back to my brother and it goes back to um, Latvia. There's a camp that was set up there and we went over there and helped in the camp in Latvia and the same person. So the whole setup is a sort of part of our history. Um, we knew David Eilif who actually set up the fellowship. In fact, we, we, we saw him when he was dying in Little Hampton. With him. Thank you, Robin. Anyway, anyone else? No? Um, thank you all who came along as well. It was, it was so lovely to have so many visitors as well. I think we just want to uh, encourage people to fill in church camp feedback forms which are on the table if you'd like to. Um, anything else you want to add? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, that's it. it was, but yeah, again, it was a really lovely church camp. Every time we do it, it's different. Um, yeah. And it was just a lovely to be part of it, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And do give us feedback. If you decided not to come as a choice, it would be really nice to know if there was anything, any reasons why, you, you know, that could make it better for you that you'd like to come along if we did it again next year. Yeah. Thank you. Let's do some ticking off to see where we've got to. Uh, done that, done that, done that. Uh, birthday people and Bible people aren't here this week either. Those of you here last week will know that half our family time disappeared because we didn't have some children here. Jeez, um, all of this is a real picture, I believe, of how God wants church to be. Things happen, we address it. Um, we trip over somewhere, we miss something, and we bring it back later in the morning. doesn't matter. Eddie said in the rhythm of worship, you know, we're all here together for one thing, and that is Jesus and God. Um, so it doesn't actually matter if we get things out of order and in the wrong place, uh, which is also an amazing thing about church camp. You know, so many moving parts to make a weekend for a group of people, which for some people will think operates seamlessly. Other people may be running around at headless chickens. Some things may get missed or may come late. But it all works, and everybody is together celebrating God. Brilliant. Right, I think, as all good churches do, we're going to need to finish our notices. So, here we go. Starting on Thursday the 26th, I think, you've all got flyers on your, your tables, uh, is our next 3 to 1 course. Tuesday, 26th, thank you. Um, See, I can be corrected. Brilliant. Uh, Tuesday, twenty sixth. Uh, three, two, one is a introduction into things about faith held over discussion, cakes, and coffee and tea. Um, Alex and Richie's heart, I think, is very much like this. Is just like a group of people just sitting and having a good conversation and a chat about questions they may have. Um, so this is the second year that we have run, run this. Please be praying, A, for support for Rich and Alex and protection on that household and family as they step forward and run this course. Uh, be, be praying for people who you perhaps could invite to come. And also, I think Rich last week had a list for people to sign up and provide cakes. Uh, 
they're not here today, so I don't know where the clipboard is. But if you can provide cakes, can you get in contact with Rich and Alex? Because I'm sure they're going to need cakes. And be praying every Tuesday. Last week, we also told you that we were starting on the last Thursday. This is where Thursday's coming. Uh, redefined our um, new course for uh, young girls of sort of like secondary age, um, looking at who they are in the light of what God says about women. Uh, we had seven sign-ups, four came. It was a really good evening, I'm told, but we need to be praying for the three who did sign up and didn't come, but also keep praying on Thursday nights. This course is going to run for throughout this whole term and then into next year. So long-term prayers on Thursday nights, please. This is a, a way that we can sow in God's message to the next, or that generation of young women. Um, all of them I don't th- are really associated in what we do. So this is, again, another bit of frontline work that Livingstones is doing amongst the youth of this town. Please be praying. Like all good churches, it is offering time. Um, as a church, we are committed to supporting these three young people in Uganda, at Kabubu, Far Quick and Trust. Uh, I haven't got my trusty helper to, to hold on to the pot. So does anybody want to come hold on to our little twigger, the giraffe, and our pot for the kids to come do their offering? I thought, yeah, I thought Warren was on his way to the front then. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, Warren. Thank you for volunteering. <laughs> um, <laughs> at the same time, I will send around the adult offering uh, visitors, this is church family thing. Uh, please don't feel that you need to contribute. And while this is going around, I will pray. So we'll start this one over here. Father, I thank you that you provide for our needs. And actually, even though we don't sometimes feel it, you provide abundantly so that we can then give. So, Lord, take our offerings in whatever form they are, multiply them, use them for your kingdom as you see fit, so we can sow into the world. In Jesus' name, amen. I think somebody was being attacked by the um, giraffe then. Sue's here to remind me that we have got church. It's on my list. (laughs) Uh, We have a lunch after church every Sunday. You are invited to stay. It is, um, I will take a guest soup, soup and bread downstairs. If you'd like to join for church lunch, please stay. Yeah. Warren, thank you for being so diligent and holding those. That here endeth the notices and living stones went, phew. Right, I am going to give you, before we launch into Cafe Church proper and introduce our theme for the next quarter, the opportunity to go grab yourself another cup of coffee, a drink and some cakes. So I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to go refill your cups uh, because you're going to need to do some discussions and you're going to need to wet your voices. Okay, Living Stones. I know Sundays is a really good time to to catch up, but we are going to move on with our... uh, Cafe Church. So some of you have noticed that there is an envelope on your table. Uh, Inside the envelope uh, is what I tend to prepare for our young people when they're in. And I think Kaz is going to take some of them outside. Just it's hot and it's muggy. They're going to take this with them. So they're going to get some of the input of what we're looking at. In this envelope is what I call the Cafe Church Pack. Now, the Cafe Church Pack also for them introduces the character that we're looking at over the next four cafe churches. And if some of you find it's easier to have your fingers doing something while you're listening, uh, feel free to take part in some of the colouring or the word searches or whatever. Uh, But listen.
The character that we are looking at features in Genesis. He actually features in quite a lot of the last of the book of Genesis. He is the subject of a record-breaking musical, which I could probably guarantee that almost all of us have at least seen something of or heard something from, uh, sat through it possibly in amateur dramatics or school productions or even gone to London to see it. When his story really starts, he's a teenager. He had loads of brothers. He was the favourite, which got him into serious trouble. But ultimately, his life and his story and his place in the uh, theme through the Bible enabled God to fulfill a promise to Abraham. Who are we talking about? Well, obviously, it's Joseph. Here we go. I don't know how many of you have even bothered to try to do your family trees. Uh, my dad uh, spent years trying to do both sides of ours. <laughs> it got incredibly complicated um, and threw up one or two things, which we're still not too sure where we were. But this is Joseph's family tree. Uh, Abraham and Seth. Sarah, sorry, at the top. Okay, so I said Joseph enabled the promise God gave to Abraham to be fulfilled. This promise of your descendants will be as uh, plentiful as grains of sands on the beach and stars in the sky. As we go through the four key parts of Joseph's uh, life over the next four months, before we launch into next year's um, theme of Exodus, Ellie and I really loved doing the Book of Acts across what, almost two years. Uh, so we've decided we're going to look at key stories going up and through Exodus and see where God takes us. If Joseph hadn't have landed in Egypt and then his brothers who were plentiful with their families, hadn't gone to Egypt at the end of that story, the Israelites would not have been captives in Egypt and would not have therefore bred in the same way and the Exodus wouldn't have happened. We're told, ultimately, at the end of Joseph's story, and when we come to Moses, the Egyptians had this problem because the Israelites were more plentiful than the Egyptians. They bred really well. Well, here we go. We have a family here, 12 children. Now, those of us who are parents, who've got two or three, I've got two and blessed with two, don't want 12. <laughs> but, it, but look at how we get to 12. Not all of them, they're only related by dad. Now, today we have blended families like this, but for different reasons. If we wanted to start right at the beginning of how and why uh, Jacob, before he changed his name, God changed his name to Israel, had so many children from one, two, three, four partners, it's incredibly complicated. This family tree has serious issues of jealousy of one-upmanship, of my mother was better than your mother. All of that. And then along comes Joseph and Benjamin from Rachel, who we're told was in really was Jacob's favourite. From the bloodline that should have been, actually, if you track it back through the story. And out of these two, Joseph was dad's favourite. I was watching um, a drama yesterday, and there was this line in it. This woman turned around to another one. Uh, it was all highly convoluted. The daughter wasn't, the, or the mum's daughter wasn't who she thought it was, and that sort of thing. And this question was asked. 
you've got two kids. If your house was burning down, which one would you run in and save? Who's your favourite? And the mum turned around and said, well, um, uh, I can't answer that. I think I might just leave them both there. Harsh, but she wouldn't be drawn on that difficult question. You've got two kids. Which one's your favourite? We um, find it really hard sometimes, don't we, not to favour just generally in life one thing or one person over another. How hard must this have been with 12, 12 sons to actually possibly not have a favourite, but then when you do have a favourite, that favourite then becomes the all-consuming um, focus Right, can I be ready for the volume? Let's just watch Joseph's first part of his story. <laughs> you want more? Well, the Potiphar years is Eddie next month. So, many layers of lies already have we seen there? You know, Dad's playing favourite. Here, Joseph, have a coat which is better than any of the clothes your brothers have got. Now, I am the youngest of three, and I'm the youngest by quite a few years. Um, and believe me, I wouldn't have wanted to wear any of the clothes for my, my brothers because, you know, they are not, well, one was a dec decade and the other one's not quite a decade older than me. So uh, I didn't really have that period of hand-me-downs. Um, but I know <laughs> working with children, lots of children do. Um, and sometimes it works okay. Sometimes it really doesn't. But also, I know the competition amongst people. Um, I was at school in the uh, mid-70s to mid-80s, you know, the period of green flash trainers and high-tech just coming through because Dunlop was the thing that we could only get normally from Woolworths. Uh, and then the kids who had money um, and who started to go to America on holiday, coming back with these fable things called Nike. Just the sheer pressure and competition amongst friends, let alone our own brothers, about who's got something better. You know, this is the era that the Sony Walkman came in. You were doing good if you had a fake copy, let alone the proper. So, in an era of where a coat of multiple colours was a thing of high value. Because we're not talking just, oh yeah, he's got a different um, loincloth or um, sheep's wool colour. He's got the black sheep's coat. We're talking cloths of different colours. Possibly a bit like trying to grade who maybe have the most expensive style of diamond ring or pearls manufactured against wheel. Does that make sense? It's no wonder when Joseph sits there and says to his brothers, I, I loved all the little banging of the pans. Wake up, brothers! I've got something to tell you! Being the youngest, I get that. <laughs> Sunday lunchtime was always fun in our house, wasn't it, Mum? We used to wind each other up brilliantly. And sometimes as the youngest, I used to kick it off by just being loud and annoying. So I get that. But then these dreams. Brothers, I've got a dream. Oh, have you? Yes. You lot are going to bow down to me. Yeah, shut up. You're, you're the second youngest. Don't want to know. Just go look after the little sheep. 
get away from us. Oh, okay. Next time. I've got a dream. Not only you, but mum and dad, you're going to bow down to me as well. <laughs> no, says Shannon. As parents, you know, sometimes we, we struggle when our children have a strong opinion that we don't agree with or, or they have, um, well, when they first say no. You know, two, two, 18 months, when they're lying to speak, they find, find this word, I think it's funny. Can you put your shoes on? No! Eat your lunch? No! Okay. And for some kids, it doesn't stop. And if we as human parents of, in our era find that hard, can't imagine what Israel thought when his son said, you are going to bow down to me. It was everything against the culture of the day. You are the patriarch of the family, but you're going to bow down to me. Culturally, that in itself was possibly enough for Joseph to have been evicted from the family. Rejected. Because it's that challenge. But he wasn't. And then we get the bit that we know. He goes off to find his brothers. They go, hey, here he comes. We're going to do something about him. I tell you what, let's kill our brother. That's drastic. Then Reuben says, no, 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 let's not kill him. Let's just throw him in a pit instead. Oh, that's drastic enough. Then Judah comes up. No, no, Judah, I imagine, was the, the Alan Sugar of the bunch. No, 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 I've got an idea. We throw him in the pit, but we can sell him to that lot and make some money. I, I forgot. I was going to try and do uh, work out what 20 shekels is now worth, because I thought that would be quite interesting. Um, but my, my brain wasn't really there with that. So they sell him, and off he goes. But they can go back and lie to their father. Your favourite is dead. Here's the coat to prove it. Not, oh, we wanted to kill him, but then we threw him in a pit, and then we sold him, but actually he's dead. Layers of lies. Now, Cafe Church is about learning together. Um, so this is where... I will encourage you now, if you're on a table on your own or um, there's not many of you, please join with other people. Um, if you're just with, on a table with the people who you came with, it may be quite cool to join up with someone else. We, if you look at the back of the sheets, we tend to look at these stories with these questions of, I like that bit, I don't like that, never seen that, don't understand, that will change my life. You can do that as well. But... I've got some tough questions on this one. I'm not saying I've got any answers to these, but this is, I think, where God challenges us in this story. Who was to blame for the fact that Joseph's brothers were so jealous of him that they took such drastic action and lied about it? Were the brothers right to be that jealous of their brother. You know, is jealousy something that we perhaps feel we have the right to be about things in our lives, about other people? Are having favourites, your favourite people, an issue? And this is the hard one, the challenge one. Do we think in our lives perhaps we have the tendency in certain circumstances to behave exactly like Joseph's brothers? Get jealous, take an irrational action where there will be consequences and then possibly lie about it. Now, we may all sit there and say, yeah, when I was at school, when I was a teenager, when I was a kid, maybe I did, maybe I nicked my brother's stuff or whatever. I'm not talking about that now. I'm talking about now. Not necessarily um, actions that 
we speak or we do, but it may be. Maybe this is touching on people's lives of actually, are we acting wrongly on things? In our hearts, are we capable of harboring feelings, issues, jealousy in the same way that makes us take an irrational heart action? Maybe a decision to treat somebody differently then lie to ourselves perhaps. Oh, this is okay. I can justify that. I don't know. Have 15 minutes, I think, to 12 o'clock. Have a little chat to yourselves around this story. If you want to find it in your Bibles, this covers Genesis 30 to 37. We have done seven chapters of Genesis this morning. There or thereabouts. But have a chat. See what you feel God is giving you. I think Eddie's done the calculation. Uh, I don't know if this is right, obviously, but I need my glasses. Uh, the denomination of the silver coins was called shekels. Coins containing that amount of silver, about the size of an American silver dollar, would be worth about $10 today. Thus, the 20 pieces would be worth about $200 today. So not actually very much, really. Shared between 12. Well, yeah. 11. Yeah, 11. $200 between 11? I don't know. Well, if that's what... <laughs> okay, so we've got consensus. $200 between 11 people. If somebody really wants to be um, particular, go find an American uh, restaurant and see what $200 between 11 people will get you. $200, the price of a slave. Yeah. Sold into slavery. Yeah. A disposable, Joseph became a disposable product in the eyes of his brothers as soon as they sold him for that little. There's a sobering thought. Right, have a chat amongst yourselves and then we'll have a little bit of feedback to see where you get to. See what God's bringing out of this to you. Right. Uh, so, we're at midday. Have we got some, some things that people want to feedback? What they thought? So, we, uh, w our, our conversations didn't follow a, a, a nice, neat path, <laughs> as always. <laughs> we talked about jealousy. We talked about how when you're um, sort of, sometimes jealousy can come not in the form of being angry or being jealous of one person and what they have, but just generally the unfairness of, of, of our li of life in that I work just as hard as this person and yet they get to have that, you know, not angry at them for it, just generally uh, because life is, uh, is unfair. It, that's, that's life. Um, we also talked a bit about how God... Um, and this can open a can of worms. Um, we also talked a bit about how it's really hard when God uses um, horrible things for good. You kind of think, um, did God then um, ordain that the brothers were going to be jealous and do that to Joseph? Or did he just allow it to happen? Or did he know that it was going to happen anyway and then used it? for his for his glory which i think is the conclusion we came to and then and then we said but if god only ever waited for good things to create good from he would never get anything done would he because we're not very good at doing good things so i think that's the conclusion we came to that actually god just uses our failings because that's all he's got to work with <laughs> and he is incredible in being able to use our our failings and actually it's then an encourage that becomes then an encouragement um to us that we can do completely wrong and those brothers i mean we'll obviously come to that right at the end they acknowledged that themselves as well um and so yeah i think that's is that all right okay We, we were discussing uh, the, the, how powerful it is that uh, when you suddenly discover how deceitful your heart is. And uh, if it wasn't for Christ now, how would I recognize that I was getting into that emotion and then letting it dominate my actions? So we were thinking it was really kind of um, a testimony 
to Christ, that when we've had those moments and we're aware of them, they show themselves, how, um, as Mandy said, we make a choice to love. And then you might have to keep doing that to overcome. It's not just a one-off. And uh, I thought that was a, the power of Christ in us, I suppose. Um, I think we were quite shocked about favourites. Um, and I, I pointed out, um, I once had a row with my mother some years ago. And it took me about a month to sort of go around. It wasn't my fault at all. Um, and I had to go and apologise. And she said to me, uh, I've, got, I've got a sister, and she said, you've, you, you've always been my favourite. And I was so shocked. I was really, really shocked to hear that. And my mum actually said that to me. And I thought, what on earth would my... Si-? And my sister would ring my mum every day, every day. And she was, seemed so close to her. And I thought, just imagine if I told my sister that. And it, it, it's still sort of something I would never do, but it, it was a real shock. And I thought, how, how can you... How can she determine that between the two of us because we were actually quite a close family and um, and it's always stayed with me that because I never knew it I always thought I, I wasn't because I was always the one in trouble <laughs> so yeah that that was one thing um, I think more than anything and I think the other thing we thought was how extreme their actions were to actually think of murdering someone in their family. So we came to the conclusion that that family values and the hierarchy of the family was so much stronger than it is now because obviously they were so hurt by this that it must have been uh, um, a real threat to them as opposed to now where you think, well, actually, maybe people say, oh, don't be so stupid. But then it, it was a very, very serious sort of accusation. It's amazing, the power of that word, favourite, isn't it? Who wants to go next? Yeah, Ruth? The, the trouble is when you know the whole story, <laughs> you kind of, your brain jumps ahead and, and you just know the amazing ending with it all, you know, with the, the brothers and um, it's anyway, anyway, you all know it, the, this, this amazing story. God meant it for good and God means things for good the way we muck up, you know, and when we're jealous and we're all crazy things we think and... Um, but God does turn it around and uh, brings good out of the things that mess up in our lives. <laughs> yeah, we uh, tracked this thing about jealousy, youngest, and how often the youngest is uh, the favourite and so on. Uh, the other thing we thought about which has already been mentioned really is um how god when we're going through the most darkest and difficult times that's when we need to dig deeper and just and know that god is got it all in hand even though everything seems to be just the opposite um is it, there's a, a spoiler alert. I won't. I won't read it out. But um, the, the chapter fifty, verse nineteen. Uh, Ruth has already mentioned it. God intended it for good, and it's a very, very interesting reason what God was doing for good at that time. Yeah. Well, we had um, interesting thoughts here in this fact that uh, a couple of us um, come from larger families and know firsthand what uh, jealousy and funny feelings towards the other um, people are. Um, whereas I, I was a little bit sort of amazed out of that by virtue of the fact that I've had the privilege of being an only child. So, <laughs> 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 
um, and I can assure you that I'm very grateful for that. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think I think what really came out of it was is that however, you, however we might feel about um, the uh, family rivalry and so forth, however bad the argument might be, out that you in fact you are still family, and that is the strong thing that keeps them all together, and that's what I think is what you were saying, wasn't it? Yeah. One thing which none of us really have um, mentioned or touched on, just as a final thought, that's all brilliant from all of you. What the heck was Joseph thinking at that point? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but also, what was he, you know, he's had these dreams. He's told them about them and, you know, probably inflated his ego a little bit more because we're not told too much about him about favor and all that and then he's clobbered chucked in a well sold as a slave packed off what must have been going through his head okay so sean's it was a type of christ which in lots of senses when we look at theology of these dreams and what goes on really ties up but we won't jump too ahead into where we are for our next three months or else we'll do it all in one go the whole point of Ellie and our, our hearts on this, of looking at these stories, these things we know so, so well, is that the more we look at it from a different uh, lens, a different angle, and ask ourselves these hard questions, the more these stories that we grew up with, especially if you grew up in church, and um, can start to read the story and say, yeah, but I know the end. Sometimes we miss the journey in the middle, and what God wants to remind us all about now. Um, I was just talking to the group over here, and this is my, my last thought on this, because this is where God has challenged me on, on this, or putting this together this week. I used to work in the construction industry, as a lot of you know, and the last 10 years of my job was, a lot of design work, but also a lot of smoothing of big companies and architects and things. So, you know, on a Monday, you could be at a conference for a couple of days. You could be hosting a golf day at lunch at uh, a really expensive restaurant on a Thursday, um, sometimes into the weekends. And sometimes your weeks went like this. Or you were away from your family, but you were away at the sort of hotel you could never afford to stay in yourself. And this was the flow. And yes, it took me away from the family and kids, which was really hard and never much fun um, and then when God pulled the handbrake uh, on that part of my my career and asked me to give it or put me in a position and asked me to give it all up so I could become a carer for Corinne and uh, full-time carer for the girls that all went but what doesn't go away is the circle of contacts that you've built um, and you know, things like um, some of the social media stuff, like LinkedIn, which is specifically business-based. Now, I cannot go on and look at what the circle of people I used to work with now do. Because I find myself becoming envious, not of them, but of the things which they are then doing. The, it sounds really stupid when you say it out loud. You know, it was a long time before I actually flew anywhere. But I was used to just t rocking up at Gatwick at 5 o'clock in the morning, leaving the car in short term, going through priority, breakfast, plane, Denmark, meetings all day, fly back. That was my life. You don't realise sometimes that just the simplest thing, of the pleasure sometimes of being able to get on a plane and escape and switch off for an hour. Um, it's these bits and pieces which I started to miss. I, started, I miss some of the people, but also I miss the social aspect of what we were doing. Some of us would spend in a month more time together as a team with customers than we would do with our families. 
And then I started questioning, did I make a mistake? Had I misheard what God asked me to do? Because I was becoming more envious of how their lives were than the reality of what life was now. No, I hadn't made a mistake. God puts it back in the box. It reminds me of all the good things, in, no matter how difficult our situation is, but the good that has come out of making that decision eight years ago. That's where we need to keep track and check on our internal feelings. And for me, that's what the challenge of these brothers brought this time. I'm going to close in prayer. Those of you who want to stay for lunch, there'll be indeed martin's just said the story's not over it's over and this part this story is not over until we get to december next month is the potterfit years rise and fall and believe me it's a spicy part of the story and ellie's got that one yay right Father, I thank you as a church we can look at your scripture and we can chew it over and we can look at it from 30, 40 different eyes and filters. All different. Our lives are different. Our experiences are different. And you bring teaching and um, food and breath to our hearts this way. Let everything that we've heard this morning and what we've been discussing change our lives this week for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.